rescue us from the evil one. Now, I was talking with a man the other day, and we were talking about the situation concerning all the events that are transpiring in the world. And he said, everything's going crazy. And that's certainly true. Why? You go back to the series that I did on Church at Home of Satan out of the box. And then you go to the series that I did on Church at Home of sexualizing the world. And that will bring you up to speed where you need to be. Okay? Now then, we've also covered things concerning what's going on in the Middle East. So we have right online there, Mike and Mike, which I did on Tuesday, and I covered the Middle East. Then on Thursday, I also did a church at home, which will come up pretty soon, on the Middle East. Now then, long and short of it is this. The next major event will be peace pack and building the temple. Because the end times cannot come until that is done. Now then, rescue us from the evil one. Now, why do we need to be rescued from Satan the devil? All right. Let's come to Matthew 6 and see that this is one of the very first things that Jesus told us to do. Okay. So you read Matthew 5. He didn't come to do away with the law of the prophets, but to fulfill that is complete. And he comes to chapter 6. Then guess what? Jesus came to reveal the Father, isn't that right? Now what he said? We can have access to the Father. Well, look how we are to start out, out our prayers every day. Okay, let's come to verse 9. Matthew 6 and verse 9. One of the very first things he taught. Therefore, you were to pray after this manner, Our Father, notice, no, sacred so-called names, right? What is the most sacred name of all? Our Father, right? Yes, there it is. Who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. That's the whole purpose of why we're here, that God's kingdom will come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that and that means everything on earth. That means the righteousness that God is building within all of those who are his sons and daughters right now. That means all the events in the world that are to take place, and they're all going to happen. You want to know how precise that all the events are in in the book of Revelation? And all the prophecies of the Old Testament are. You read there about the the demons that are bound in the river Euphrates. They are for a year, a day, and a month. Okay? And that all comes from the scripture of truth that's written in heaven that reflects what's written on earth. Okay? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our sins as the, as we forgive our debtors. And that's a very important thing to know. See, you cannot hold grudges. You cannot let your feelings get hurt to the point that you never let go of it. See? Now, you may learn a lesson from it. That's true. You need to keep the lesson in your heart. That's right. But you need to forgive. Why? Because God said if you don't forgive, he's not going to forgive you. You want forgiveness for your sins, but you're not going to forgive that one over there? Hold on. You're walking down the wrong path. Okay? Now then, verse 13. 
and lead us not into temptation, but rescue, there it is, rescue us from the evil one. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Let's come back here to Colossians, the first chapter, and we'll read about the same thing again. Who is the one that rescues us from the evil one? Who has the power over the evil one? God does. And do we have power? Yes. With God's spirit and God's word. We can tell Satan, get you behind us, just like Jesus did. Let's pick it up here in verse 9. Okay. For this cause we also, from the day that we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's called growing in grace and knowledge. There never comes a time uh, at any time in any day that we can say, oh, we know everything. When you say that, you're soon going to know nothing. Okay? Because God's knowledge is spiritual and we grow in it. Notice, and that you may walk worthily of the Lord. Now that means living your life according to the commandments and will of God. Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. And now that we have the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and the way that it's written and put together, remember this, the most important book in the whole world is the Bible. And there is knowledge in there for everyone at every level in every situation that it requires things for human beings, regardless of where you are or who you are. Okay? Now notice, being strengthened with all power, that is coming from God. That's why we are to use the Spirit of God, grow in grace and knowledge of God, and he gives us the power, the power to control our minds, the power to rebuke anything that is evil, the power to understand what we need to do. According to the might of his glory, with all endurance and long-suffering, giving thanks to the Father, now notice this, okay, as we read on here, who has made us qualified, God is the one who qualifies us. See, how does he do that? With his love, with his truth, through Jesus Christ, by his spirit, by his laws, by our daily living. This is why we have the Sabbath. Because every week we are to be instructed in the word of God. Because we are being instructed on how to prepare to run the world. You understand that? See? So don't get all bogged down, like James Farnworth said, in your little problems and that you get all upset, see? Because the peace of God will lead you with all joy, all right? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us for a share of the inheritance of the saints in, in the light. Now notice verse 13, who personally, now, how did that come to be translated that way? Okay, because, let's read it. Who personally rescued us from the power of darkness. Now, the verb there is a special verb in the Greek, and it's called a middle voice verb, that the subject, God, is also the recipient. Okay. comes down to us from God and back to God for the expansion of his plan and the perfecting of the saints, Okay, who personally rescued us. Now think about that. How important is each one of us to God? That, that tells you right there. From the power of darkness and has transferred us under the kingdom of the Son of his love. That means our lives, though we live in the world, we are under the direction of God, 
his kingdom and his laws, but his kingdom is not yet here on the earth. It is coming. Okay? Now, let's come to Ephesians, uh, the sixth chapter, since we're close by here, and then we will see how Satan works. Okay? And what we're up against it. Verse 10. Okay? Ephesians 6 and verse 10, just a couple pages back. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And that means in faith, in belief, in everything that you do. And in the might of his strength, put on the full armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, or the missiles that he throws toward us, okay? Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the world rulers of the darkness of this age. So think about our battle, see? The greatest powers on earth. That's what it's against. The spiritual power of wickedness in high places. Don't we see that today on a fantastic scale? Almost beyond belief. It says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the day of evil, having worked out all things to stand. Okay? Now, let's see the battle we have today. We have a battle that is magnified by this in chapter 2, what we have today. We've never had it in the world as we do right now, and it's only going to get more difficult. That is this. At the flip of a switch, the world comes into your life be it television, be it smartphone, be it whatever, the world comes in. And look at all of those ads. Now, I hate to think what the ads are going to be for the coming Super Bowl, whenever that comes down the road, but they are always most licentious and evil. But think about everything that comes that you don't understand. All the thoughts that are brought out by sight, by sound, by advertisement. See, now there are some good things. There are many evil things. But who controls it? Satan does. He controls it. Now, I need to give a sermon on the curse of the establishment and hierarchy because that will help you understand what Satan has done, all right? Ephesians 2. Now you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked in times past according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working within the children of disobedience. And, and the Greek word there is inner working. Satan wants to get to the mind that he can control. And that's not just by possession. That is by you letting thoughts into your mind that come through the prince of the power of the air, however they get there, okay? Now notice, working within the children of disobedience. That's what you see everywhere. Look it. They've accepted the satanic temple. They've accepted witchcraft. They've accepted homosexual marriage. They have accepted perverted sex. They have accepted transgenderism. Now, a lot of people are resisting against that now, but, you know, that's a tough road to hold. And as I gave in the last church at home on sexualizing the world, changing gender 
is impossible. See? So those who think they can do it are so deluded with the lies of Satan, the devil. Okay? So we have to be on guard against that. We have to know this. Now, let's see something else that's important concerning this. We know that Satan's deceiving the whole world. We covered this how many times. And if he's deceiving it, what does it mean? It means he controls it. Does he control the news? Yes. Does he control the government? Yes. Does he control the education? Yes. Does he control the lives of many people? Yes. He also blinds us. Let's come to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And Satan is there to blind. Okay. How does he do it? He does it by lies and by projection of his spirit. Okay. And how does, how does Satan tempt? He comes along and sin looks good, looks enjoyable. And he comes along and says, I got a benefit for you. Huh? Think about that when they try and well, talk these young children into trying changing sex. There's a benefit. You don't have to be a girl. You can be a man. You don't have to be a man. You can become a woman. See? And he does it with what? Pleasure. He does it with humor. He does it by making things thrilling. And he does it by bringing in evil as something good. Okay. Second Corinthians 4, let's pick it up in verse 1. Okay. Therefore, having this ministry, according as we have received mercy, we are, are not faint-hearted, for we have personally renounced the hidden things of dishonest gain, and walking in cunning craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now then, I've had many conversations concerning, what do you think about this Protestant minister or the other? My answer is, when they quit handling the word of God dishonestly, then I may pay attention. Okay, But by manifestation of the truth, we are commending ourselves to every man's conscience before God. But if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden from those who are perishing. And that is by their choices. They want to live like the world, live in the world, do like the world, follow Satan the devil. Okay. Verse 4, in whom the God of this age or this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Now, the word blinded means to cover. In other words, blindfolded. They can see, but they don't. They can hear, they don't understand. Who do not believe. That's what he wants people to do, not believe. That's the first step. And what do we have today? We have more atheists and more rejection of the Bible than ever before. And by whom? Allah of the so-called Clergy, right? Hmm? How about lesbian ministers in the Lutheran church? How does that sound? That's a reality. Or the Episcopal church. How does that sound? A committee in England trying to figure out how that they can eliminate or or take away the masculinity of the Bible and try and figure out how they can possibly twist the scriptures and translate it so they don't have to use the word father. Huh? 
Church of England has a whole committee studying that right now. All right. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God shine unto them, who is the image, image of God should shine unto them. For we do not preach our own selves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Christ's sake. Once that blinding takes place, what happens? Satan comes along as a roaring lion, and he takes them captive. Now, how do you know a person is taken captive by Satan the devil? By what they do. By what their actions are. By what they say. And in many cases today, so perverted by what they look like. Okay? Now then, how do we resist? Because God rescues us, but we must resist. Now let's come to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, and let's see what we need to do here with it, okay? 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. Because Satan is always out there. He is busy working. He had many people working for him. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Think about this. People who think that they're coming to God and they come to this church and then the minister stands up there in the pulpit and says, you know, Paul didn't write his epistle. What does that do to that person's faith and conscience? Okay. Therefore, we need to interpret it differently from what they have in the past. Okay? That's precisely what they are doing right now to bring in acceptance of same sex. Right now. Okay? All right, First Peter, the fifth chapter. Okay? Now, here he's talking to elders. So this applies not only to those in the church, but to everyone, what does it say? Everyone who names the name of God should what? Cease from sin. Now, what does that mean? How do you cease from sin? By keeping the commandments of God, right? If you keep the commandments of God, you're doing the will of God. And you're not sinning because you're keeping the commandments of God. So everyone who names the name of Christ should cease from sin. Message to every minister in every denomination, in every Catholic parish. That's what God says to you. Verse 6. Be humble, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Okay? That's what it needs to be. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Remember that. When you have, like James Farnsworth brought out here, whenever you have a trial, look to God. Whenever you have a difficulty to come along, don't get frustrated and down and completely captivated by it. You come to God. Ask him to help you, see. Why? Because if you don't, Look at what happens. All right? Verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, is prowling about as a roaring lion, and he doesn't roar until he's ready to pounce. He can wait in the brushes. He can stealthily sneak up. And all of those things that a lion does, seeking anyone he may devour. And who does Satan hate more than anyone else? Those who truly believe in God. And only God can rescue us from Satan. Now, here's how we do it. Whom resist, that's our part. See? 
steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are being accomplished among your brethren who are in the world. Now notice this. Here is a promise. Next two verses. Now, may the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory in Christ Jesus to be the sons and daughters of God, to rule the coming kingdom of God. Think about that. Think of what, what responsibility God is giving into the hands of all the saints. See? That's why at the resurrection, we're all resurrected to be on the sea of glass because we've got to be fully educated and fully understanding what we're going to do when we come back to the earth when Christ comes back. Because you see, at the seventh trump, when it sounds, you read that Revelation 11, all the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He takes over full authority. Then when we learn what we're going to do, and after the seven last plagues are poured out, we come back to the earth, and what is the first thing that happens? Satan and the demons are removed, locked up for a thousand years. Okay? Verse 10. Now may the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, doesn't Paul write that we're partakers of the sufferings of Christ? Look at what he went through. And the challenge was far greater than what is normally thought by people. You read Hebrews 5. What does it say? That he cried earnestly to the Father who was able to save him from death. Because Satan was there to try and get him to sin once. And he didn't do it. Okay? So, that's why, after we have suffered, himself comes directly from God. And this is what God wants with us. See? Perfect you, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Okay? To him be the glory and the power into the ages of eternity. Amen. So think about what God has called us to do. Eternity. Remember what it says in Isaiah 57, 15 about God? He inhabits eternity. Okay? Now, that's quite a thing. Now, I think about that a lot. And I, as I mentioned before, I've got James Webb Telescope website on my laptop. And periodically, I go to that website, and I look at some of the Fantastic things that God has created. Marvelous. Out there so far, so far, that if they didn't have that telescope, you wouldn't know they were out there. Now, I believe God has intervened to direct men to make that because it had to be so perfect in order to get out there. Now, why would God do that? So that we would all have an expanded vision of what God is doing by seeing the work of his hands and that he has invited us with eternal life into his very family as his own sons and daughters. So he wants us to be perfected. Okay? Now then, living in the world, we have to fight against all that's going on. So let's look at that. Okay? Let's look at some of the workings of Satan the devil. Let's come to Psalm 50. Now we're going to look at a few psalms here. Now David was confronted with this, and even in his own household. Okay? Psalm 50. Now this is quite a thing. Okay? See, because remember this. Having the Word of God, you have the most important knowledge that there is in the world, And this is the greatest book that is in the world. Okay? The only book in the world to tell you who is God, 
why we're here, where we're going, redemption of mankind, who is Satan the devil, who are the demons, what are we to do, how are we to live our lives, okay? All of that's there. And the prophecy of what is God going to do in this world. That's amazing. Okay, let's pick it up here. Psalm 50 and verse 16. So here's what's going on in the world. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes and to take up my covenant in your mouth? Yea, you hate to be taught. Huh. Think about all of those who claim that they're ministers of God. Who are we to be taught from? God the Father. How is that teaching coming forth? Through the word of God and his spirit, correct? And through living, correct? Yes. Yea, you hate to be taught, and you have cast my words behind you. Okay. When you saw a thief, then you were pleased to be with him. Look at how rich some of these televangelists are. Okay. Worth millions. And you have taken part with adulterers, that is, spiritually and physically. And you give your mouth to evil and your tongue to frame deceit. All right, that's what they do with all their false doctrines. Okay. The cause of America's fall starts with the religious leaders who say the law is done away. That's the cause. Okay. Now let's come here to Psalm 10. We'll look at a number of psalms. This is interesting. There's never a book like this in the world because it tells what the wicked do, what the wicked think, what the righteous do, what the righteous think. You want to know how we are to think? One of the ones that I've covered recently, which I'll mention again, is Psalm 119. All about the laws, commandments, statutes, judgments, precepts to keep us walking in the way of God. All right? Psalm 10, we'll begin in verse 1. Why do you stand far off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Okay, well, he has. He shows himself to those who call out to him, but not to those who don't. The wicked in his pride pursues the poor. Let them be taken in the schemes that they have imagined, for the wicked boast of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous, but despises the Lord. Now, how many of those do we have in the world today? And look at where they are, especially in positions of power. Okay. I've got a whole book this thick. All the famous people of the world reject God, except maybe one or two. And they all say that the Bible is full of lies. Well, the reason it is, because with their lying eyes, they can't see the good. All right? The wicked in his prize pursues and let them be taken in the schemes that they have imagined for the wicked boast of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous, but despises the Lord. And through the pride of his countenance, the wicked will not seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no place for God. See? Now, that's the world we live in. When we flick on the television or flick on our smartphone, boom, there it is. Now, people have not had that before. I mean, you go down through history, you know, and a lot of the saints of God, especially the Waldensians, 
before the persecution and killing of them came by the Catholic Church because they wouldn't submit to the Pope or the Trinity, okay? They lived isolated lives. They had the Word of God. They had, they had schools. They taught their children. And as a matter of fact, the Waldensians did a lot of evangelizing out into Europe during that time. Okay. Now today, we can have the evil thoughts of generations come pouring right into our homes and into our minds and lives. Okay. And notice what it is. In the world, the wicked prosper. Verse 5. His ways prosper at all times. He is haughty, and your judgments are far from him. As for all his enemies, he scorns at them. Okay. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved from generation to generation. I shall not be in adversity. And then you read all the rest of the psalm about how the wicked are. These are the ones who are dedicated to Satan, the devil. Okay. Now then, we have Psalm 13, which talks about the atheist. Fool is said in his heart, there is no God. Now let's come to Psalm 36. Now, is this not what we see on television all the time? <laughs> okay. Now, I did a little channel surfing. It's hard to do, hard to do, but I, I did a little channel surfing, not too much because I couldn't stand it. In the afternoon, with all of these shows, with all of the, the gambling that they have and contests that they have, it's all the group. It's all the emotion. It's all there, see? And they are they are presented so wonderfully but they are as wicked as can be. I mean, think of it. Okay? Now here, Psalm 36. The wicked utters his transgression in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be, is found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit, and he has stopped acting wise and doing good. He plots iniquity upon his bed and sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not hate evil. There we go. They want to practice it. Okay. Now think about all that's going on in the world today with that. Now let's come over here to Psalm 52. It's quite amazing. See? So if we let the Word of God tell us what we need to do, then we will be in good shape. See? Now where does it all come from? Okay? Right here. the tongue, and the mind. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Psalm 52. Why do you boast yourself in evil, O mighty man? The mercy of God endures forever. Your tongue devises destruction, like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Huh. That's quite an amazing thing. I wonder how the World Health Organization fits into that and the CDC fits into that and the controlling of the Internet fits into that. Yes, indeed. Verse 3, you love evil more than good and lying more than to speak righteousness. Okay? You love all devouring words, oh, deceitful tongue. That's quite an amazing thing. Okay. God will likewise destroy you forever. 
He shall take you away and pluck you out of your tent and shall root you out of the land of the living. Okay. And then it says that the righteous will see and be glad. All right. Now let's come to Psalm 140. Amazing how all of these things are here in the Word of God. See? And I, we all know this. We can study the Word of God over and over and over and over again, and we don't learn everything that there is in it. Why? Because it was inspired by God. And God's mind is eternal, and God's mind is great, and God's mind brings out all of this. This is why we have it, so that we can, in our real life today, we can look and see what's happening and how to change. Okay? Psalm 140, verse 1. Here is how we come out of it. Here is how we protect ourselves. Here is how we are rescued from Satan the devil. Okay? Verse 1. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, and keep me from the violent man. Those who devise evil things in their hearts, together they are always stir up wars. Isn't that amazing? Where do wars come from? Well, James says it comes from the lust within. Look at the wars going on right now in the Middle East, in the Ukraine, or where else that they may have. Does Matthew 24, with wars and rumors of wars and false prophets, is that all living and alive and well? Yes, indeed. Okay. Verse 2. Those who devise evil things in their heart because they always stir up wars. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. The poison of an asp is under their lips. O Lord, keep me from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who has proposed to overthrow my steps. Okay? Now that's how we are to pray to God. Help us, O God. Lead us in what we need to do. Help us in where we're going. Show us your truth. Protect us from evil. Okay? The proud have hidden a snare and a trap for me. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. Selah. Okay? But notice verse 6. In spite of all of this, what do we do? Just like James said, we come back to God. Because God is there. Verse 6. I said to the Lord, You are my God, O Lord. Hear the voice of my supplication. O Lord God, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Okay. Verse 8. O Lord, do not grant the desires of the wicked. Do not further the wicked plots, lest they exalt themselves. So here are all the psalms that we see and how it is with the world. All right? Now let's look at some things. How then do we get out of these? What is the way? Because you see, We know what it says about human nature, deceitful above everything and desperately wicked, and all of the things that we have read concerning it here. Okay, now let's see how God rescues us. Okay, God delivers us. God answers our prayer. God intervenes in everything. Okay, since we're here in the psalm, let's continue in it. Let's come to... um, to Psalm 57. Now, as you read through the psalm, you understand why David was a man after God's heart. And this also helps us to come after God in the same way, that God can look upon us, that we are those people who is after God's heart. Psalm 57, 
Verse 1. Here's how it is. It's with mercy, and it's with grace, and it's with love, and it's with faith, and it's with belief, all coupled together. Okay? Verse 1. Be gracious unto me, O God, be gracious unto me, for my soul trusts in you. Then we get the secret protection that the world does not know. Next sentence. Yea, in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these great troubles pass by. God will protect us. But we have to come to God with this attitude. Verse 2, I will cry to God most high. Remember what it says? The Father personally rescues us from the evil one. There it is right here. Okay. To God who fulfills his purpose for me, because God has a purpose for every one of us. And if we think that God doesn't have a purpose for every one of us, then you look at the stars in the heaven and remember God's pledge to Abraham when he said, look to the stars. Now, when he told Abraham to look to the stars, Abraham could see so much. But when God looked to the stars at the same time, he saw everything that he had made. So when he said, look to the stars, so shall your seed be. That's an amazing thing, see? Okay. Verse 3, he shall send from heaven and save me. Now, how is he going to do that? With his angels, with his spirit, with his intervention. He rebukes him who would swallow me up. Selah. I can tell you the things that we went through when we came down to Pasadena from Salt Lake City. And the battles were all within the church and within the hierarchy. And they were out deliberately to get me out. And God intervened and removed them right when they were ready to do it. Okay? I'll tell you what happened. Because Rod Meredith was behind it. He was removed from director of church administration. And his henchmen left the church. Right when they were coming to get me. And only God could have done that. Okay. So it says, send from heaven and save me. He rebukes him who would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among those who breathe out fire, sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, okay? And their tongue is a sharp sword, okay? So we'll be up against things like that, okay? But notice verse 5, trusting in God. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit for me into the midst of it. They have fallen themselves, Selah. Now, when you have lived and experienced some of those things like this, you will know how true God is and how God will intervene. Okay? Now, what is all of this to do for us? Right here, verse 7. Here it is. This is to help us have the strength and the love and the truth in everything. Verse 7. Okay. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. We then become immovable. Okay. Okay. Now let's come to Psalm 41. I tell you, all of these psalms and everything that are here, so if you're personally going through a lot of trials right now, 
you get on your knees and you open up the Bible and you study these Psalms and you study the Proverbs and you claim the promises of God, you repent of your sins, you ask God for help and strength to overcome, all of that. Okay? Now, Psalm 41. Here it is, verse 1. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. See? Rescue us from the evil one. The Lord shall watch over him and keep him alive. He shall be blessed upon the earth, and he will not deliver him over to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon his sickbed, or whatever your circumstances are, he will strengthen you and will sustain him in all his sickness. I said, Lord, be gracious unto me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. And that means that you confess your sins and don't let them take hold. Okay? So all of this then involves repentance. Let's go to another psalm, Psalm 7. 7 verse 1. Here's what we are to do. And we'll finish with this. O Lord my God, in you have I taken refuge. Meaning, you come to God for his way. You come to God for his protection. You come to God for knowledge and wisdom and how to handle it. Okay? Save me from all who pursue me and deliver me. Okay, lest he tear my soul like a lion, ripping it in pieces, and there is no one to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, whatever it may be, so when you're repenting, you also do that. Okay, so that's how we are to come to God in the way that he will rescue us. So in the days that we're living in, And we've covered a lot of this. Now, I'll see if I can cover some things in prophecy beginning next week, and we'll look at some of the things in in the minor prophets and how all of those things are active today that apply for what we're going through. So we'll go ahead and close for today.